0: Clayton, John
1: Clayton, hey mom, done
0: my this is the Coors Light cold hard facts with John Clayton
1: brought to you by Coors Light made to chill.
0: We're talking football with the professor John Clayton. We do it every day at this time. If you guys have questions for John, you can text them in right now to 421-3776-421-ESPN. ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. So what did you make of what the commissioner had to say today?
1: I mean I I was with Pat at the uh, at the hospital so I didn't get a chance to uh to see the live press conference but Mm. uh it looks like for the most part looking at you know reading the stuff he avoided most of the stuff which is not surprising i mean uh lots of
0: words john lots lots, of words
1: lots of words and no action and all that different stuff you know saying that of course it's a disappointment and we're not going to tolerate racism and we're not going to have this and we're not going to have that and it's like okay well what are you going to do to fix it and he didn't obviously make any suggestions of what to do to fix it, other than to give words out.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really love his responses on the Washington situation. No, no, you know, not at all. Talking about the investigation. how did I mean somebody? They were asking very pointed, good questions. I yeah. thought and how do you guys come to a joint agreement that allows Dan Snyder the leeway to? determine whether stuff becomes public or not. And he kind of danced around it and talked around it. And, you know, now there's a new investigation going on that's Mm -hmm. independent of the team. And just, I I mean, and I didn't expect him to get into details by any stretch. But I I just didn't think he came off great when addressing that topic.
1: I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, first off, I didn't even know it was going to be today. You know, because in all the info that we get from the league, you know, at least I get, it didn't have any Roger Goodell press conference. And it's, it's so, like, for example, Mike Salk and I were talking about it this morning, and I feel bad because I kept on saying, I, right now, I don't think he's having a press conference. And sure enough, he was having one at, at noon today, and so I feel bad because uh, I misled Mike and because, you know, it wasn't in any of the info. I mean, fortunately, what I did after the fact is I sent the, uh, the info sheet to, uh, to Mike to show him it's like there's no Roger Good- Goodell there. And so it's like, uh, you know, it came as a surprise to me, but of course, uh, you know, uh, if anybody who was at the Super Bowl, anybody that's, you know, following, you know, what's going on there, you know, knew about it. And so there's questions asked and good questions asked and bad answers there.
2: Yeah. I guess you would expect that though, right? Cause he yeah. does work for the owners. That's correct. Um, but the one thing, John and I, we were talking to Louis Riddick earlier yeah. about this and, um, I do feel like he's trying. Mm-hmm. I feel like he is, his heart is in it, and that's what I mean more than he's trying. I, I feel like his heart is definitely in it. He's, he's very obviously disappointed that this is what's happened, and, you know, so. Uh, I mean, uh, typically I, I with him, the the thing I don't like about him or, you know, at least what they're trying to push is trying to make an inherently unsafe game safe. Right. The, some of the rules and everything are just ridiculous. And I feel like it takes away from the heart of what football is about. Mm-hmm. It's a collision sport. But other than that, I feel like he is definitely like he takes this kind of stuff to heart. Yeah. And, and you know, so uh, yeah, I I don't know, I I didn't have a worse opinion of him after this. I, I felt like he's he's truly trying. Mm-hmm. You 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 agree with that,
1: or do yeah, you think? He's... Yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, I think he's trying. It's just uh, there's no, I don't know what the answers are. That's the problem. What are the answers? And it's not easy. I mean, you can't force owners to hire uh, people that uh, they don't want to hire, and you know, owners keep making the mistake of firing coaches so to way too often and so uh you know it just becomes a mess i mean it's like a you know it's like at least with the houston thing they got lovey smith in there but how bad was that just because i mean as of saturday lovey wasn't even a candidate yeah wasn't well, even a candidate it's like a they pulled out uh, josh mccown uh, they told the uh, Eagle defensive coordinator they're not going to do it. Next thing you know, they pull Lovey Smith in and give him the job. I'm happy for Lovey. I'm happy for my you know minority uh, coaches. Certainly, you know Mike McDaniel going down to Miami. That's good. But again, it's a disaster.
0: John, what can you tell us about Carl Scott?
1: Uh, I can. I can. <laughs> not a lot. I mean, I mean, what he was a three-year Alabama cornerback uh, coach he was last year for the first time in doing the secondary for the Minnesota Vikings. So he's only had one year in the league. Obviously he's a young coach uh, and it looks like he's going to be the, uh, you know, the the defensive secondary uh, boss and all that different stuff. (laughs) I mean, in charge of the defensive pass coverage. So it's like, but you know, we don't know much about him because he's only been in the league one year.
2: Yeah. Well, and what do you think happened with the, with the whole thing? I mean, you know, we were talking about Ed Donatel, yeah. and he had a better chance of you know being a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. or he was going to be. He's going to be the defensive coordinator, we think, anyways. It's, yeah. it's not official, is it? No, right? not we're yet. Just, no, yeah, no. But um, you know, I mean, you could have paid him twice as much to stay yeah. here. I mean, he's not still looking for that title, you think, or is he? He still would, you know, because if. You know, if they asked him to be like a consultant here and mm-hmm. paid him twice as much as they're going to pay him in Minnesota, does he even care about, you know, if you're if you're getting paid more? And I feel like they could have kept him that way. Yeah, I agree. You know, because we always talk about there's no salary cap for coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, pay pay him a whole bunch just to be a consultant and to come in here and help things out. Because, I mean, the one thing you worry about, even if they get Sean uh, because now what you wonder about is Deshaies, uh, you know, going to go ahead and, you know, take a job with, uh, you know, with Donatel as opposed to coming here. But right now, I mean, you've got a first-year defensive coordinator. You've got a first-year, second-year uh, secondary coach. And it's like uh, you'd you like to have that experience. Now, again, probably what's going on with Kevin O'Connell is that you know, he did bring in Wink Martindale uh, for uh, and did not get him. Uh, he ended up going to the Giants. And uh, so, like, if you're a young coach, you sometimes want that older coach to come help you out, even though Donatel has never been a head coach. Uh, So we'll still see how that works. Because I thought that they'd probably lean toward, you know, uh, know, one of the guys that he worked with, uh, with the Rams, you know, because uh, uh, Aubrey, uh, I can't remember his last name, but it's like, uh, I thought maybe he would go with him, Aubrey, Aubrey Pleasant because he's obviously a very pleasant guy. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, I thought he would lean toward him because, I mean, one thing that I think, you know, a lot of the the former Ram coaches like to do is surround themselves with former Ram coaches. And, uh, you know, he had been, you know, uh, Pleasant had been, you know, with the Rams last year. And so I thought maybe that would be the the guy that he would hire. But, hey, it's still up in the air. But uh, I know Jeremy Fowler reported very strongly that Donatel is getting the job.
0: Now, where Desai was uh, interviewing somewhere else the other day. and I can't, Yeah, I, New York who, Giants. It was the Giants? Yeah.
1: He okay. didn't get
0: it. He didn't get it. Okay, so he's still it, out there. It went there,
1: to, it went, went to uh, Wink Martindale.
0: Okay. All right. So he's just kind of floating out there currently. Yeah, I mean,
1: right now, I mean – I guess you know he's technically still up because he's one of the three or four candidates for the Vikings job. But uh, if it goes to Donatell then he's not going to get the uh, defensive coordinator job.
0: Uh, Five oh nine wants to know how much better you think Clint Hurt will be over Ken Norton.
1: Uh, I think I think he can be an improvement, but uh, you know, I think that you know, one of the keys is at uh, you know who he's surrounded by. You know, that's what I liked about the idea of having Donatell, the shy, even now Carl Scott and all that stuff. Because now you had you know different guys that can give different looks and different thoughts. But uh, you know now instead of having you know two three guys you know from that Vic Fangio system, all you have right now is uh, Clint Hurt. and I think Clint can probably do a pretty good job. But I, I just like the idea of having you know a little bit more mass. So that you can, uh, you know, attack these things and you know come up with different ideas to change that defense around.
2: Hey, uh, John. Hey, uh, really quick. Yeah. Did everybody remember Lawrence Phillips? Yeah. Of course. The, the running back. Yeah. Uh, did you have you seen that the the uh, documentary on him? I have not. No. Isn't
0: no. he in jail right now? No, yeah. he
2: died. He, he did he die? He, yeah, he did uh, actually killed himself in 2016. He found wow. himself in prison. My God, that was just such an unbelievably depressing story because he was so talented oh agreed, and you know he came out of Nebraska, he grew up in l a Nebraska, and then you know he ends up getting in trouble there mm-hmm. uh, and then you know he gets drafted by um, uh, Dick Vermeil with the mm-hmm. Rams, you know, and he fired him because of drinking and stuff like that, and man, that was just uh it was an incredible. Incredibly sad story, and no question. just how that guy could have been maybe one of the greats of all time. It was that like in the late nineties,
1: I think mm-hmm. early two thousands with the Rams, right? Yeah, no doubt. And again, it's like he was—he was so talented and so good. But again, sometimes, I mean, you just can't go a different a, a way, and you know, you have your evils that come out. And obviously, the Eagles came out for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, talent. Wow. But some yeah. guys are just bad people, and he—he yeah. he was certainly one of them. Um, hey, I, I saw, I read a, a story last night, John, and again, you guys can text in your questions, 421-3776. Yeah. 4, 4, 7, 7, uh, I, I read the story last night talking about Rob Gronkowski and how he's basically always said he's only going to play, he only wanted to catch passes from Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He said, well, is there anybody in the league right now that you would consider catching passes from? And he said, Joe Burrow. Uh-huh. Joe Burrow, <laughs> what? So I don't, I don't know if that means he would, he would, you know, play another year if he could go to the Bengals. But what, what, what would you think of that connection? What would you think?
1: Oh, I think, you know, Rob would do great because again, he went to my high school, so I got to support him. No, you don't have to, John. No, but I do. Okay, but. Uh... Yeah, but but uh, I I just think in the end he's probably going to retire if Tom Brady stays retired. Although yeah, we saw the comment from Brady, well, you never know. Never and, say
0: never. Yeah.
1: yeah, never say never. And of course, uh, you know, I mean, you know, Tom, Tom's going through the same thing that Drew Brees went through, but just handling it different. Because remember, uh, if you cut uh, or do anything or trade Tom Brady now, they take a thirty-two million dollar cap hit. 32 million dollars. Where if you wait until June 1st and trade or cut him or do whatever you want to do with him, put him, put him on a retired list, it's 8 million, and then you put 24 million into next year. So it's like uh, you can see that you know from the Tampa Bay standpoint, they're going to hold his rights now until June 1st because uh, cap wise, it's right now the smartest thing to do.
2: Hey John, uh, Lovey Smith was talking about how Davis Mills and I'm not mm-hmm. bringing this up because he went to my college, but uh, <laughs> Davis Mills from Stanford, uh, third rounder. Yeah, he, he he was saying he had as good a year as any of these rookies. Twenty six sixty four, sixteen touchdowns, ten interceptions.
1: Yeah, Lovey many... Smith believes in him, John. Oh, that's good for Lovey, but it's like uh, <laughs> nice to you know the paid political announcement. Uh... <laughs> By Lovey Smith, but it's like, uh, yeah. I'm, but see, here's the here's the problem, uh, because uh, you know I keep looking at this every day and trying to rationalize things. Okay, and so uh-huh. for example, I mean, if you include Mills and you include Baker Mayfield, that's eleven quarterbacks, twenty six years or younger, twenty six years or younger. That's a lot. But here's where the difference is, and that's why I put Baker on one side and I put Mills on the other because, you know, Baker has just been average and Mills is trying to still establish himself. But then you look at the other nine guys, right? Seven of them have been uh, first-round picks and you know, in the top ten, seven, because, you know, Mac Jones wasn't and uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't, and six of them have already been to the Pro Bowl. And so it's like you're, you're in the AFC – and you get carved up you get car like for example you know i was thinking about this cuz i thought i had a call to do a nashville station for the tennessee titans and like for example you know one of the things that i always keep pointing out is that uh, you know it's tough in the playoffs because the quarterbacks keep getting better you know, because now, I mean, each week you're going to be facing a top quarterback for the most part. And it's hard to win those games. Well, now you look in the regular season and you've got all these young quarterbacks. Aside from the fact you have Ryan Tannehill who's been to the Pro Bowl. You have David Carr who's has uh, been, to, or Derek Carr who's been to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, David didn't make it. But it's like Derek Carr who's been to the Pro Bowl. And it's like, you know, how, how do you win in the AFC if you're going to be uh, Mills? There's no chance.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, AFC is just It's stacked. loaded.
1: I, I, I've never seen a conference like
2: this. Yeah, but he went to Stanford, John.
1: Yeah, that's good for him. He's very educated.
2: <laughs> uh, John. John's not uh, He's not feeling the love, the Stanford love. He, he right doesn't there. feel it the way he does. Well, me. yeah, but,
1: but again, it's like you're going to compare Patrick Mahomes to uh, Davis Mills? Or are you going to compare Joe Burrow <laughs> to Davis Mills? Or are you going to compare Herbert? Justin Herbert. Herbert. Yeah, Justin yeah. Herbert. I mean, are you going to compare yeah. Lamar Jackson? No. Well,
2: <laughs> what about Zach Wilson? I mean, that, that yeah. was the guy that had... You know, and he had kind of a so-so year what's yeah. the the word with the in in New York with the Jets about him and his rookie year. I guess just a rookie year. I mean, yeah. even John Elway had a bad rookie year,
1: right? Yeah, because, I mean, again, it's like they they didn't have much at the wide receiver position. They had nothing at tight end. They were shaky at the backfield. So he didn't have a lot to work with. And so it's like, uh, you know, toward the end of the season, I mean, he was doing a good job of not throwing interceptions and, you know, getting a few more completions. But, you know, it certainly wasn't one where, I mean, you know, he – of the uh, – you know the nine first round quarterbacks that I'm talking about. I mean, probably had. Uh, you know, you can put him and Tua down as probably you know two of the worst.
2: Yeah. It, by the way, always rookie year, 47 percent mm-hmm. completion percentage, seven touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. Yeah. And I was at
1: the. <laughs> I was at his. I was at his first game against Pittsburgh, which was at Pittsburgh, and he was brutal. Yeah. Absolutely man. brutal.
0: John, what do you think of games being held in Germany first time uh, starting next season? Great. Love you it. like that? I do, yeah. I, I just don't love the teams, and I understand now that with 17 games, you yeah. can still have eight home games, eight road games, and then there's that one. But once they do get to 18 games, as we predict, that means mm-hmm. some teams will lose a home game. I just... yeah. I don't love it. I don't. I understand why they're doing it. I understand it's a market they want to tap into. There's all that money out there. Blah blah blah. Financially, I get it. Just is me rooting for my team. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the Seahawks lose a home game at some point. Yeah, because yeah. But that.
1: ultimately, I mean, you can see what they want to try to do. They want to get as many uh, games overseas and out of the country and all that stuff, so that you can you know have you know uh, sixteen games that are like that. I mean, what you have now, what, two in London, and you know they'll. Uh, keep adding and if they can do that then it takes away that imbalance of losing a home game Mm -hmm.
2: Hey John by the way I looked up the stats for John Elway's game you're right first game at Pittsburgh he was one for eight. <laughs> 14 yards, one interception. And he was sacked four times. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was bad. <laughs> 14-yard average, not bad, though. It's yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, when do they go to
1: 18 games, John? As, I, as well, I mean, right now the players are against it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like an, you, you pretty well figure out it's a uh, you know 10-year CBA, so it's like uh, I don't necessarily see them – changing to cba so it could it t- could take another eight years or so mm. hey with your
2: databases and mm-hmm. everything because we you know now with the 17 game uh you know it's uh instead of sixty two five, it's 59 something to get to a thousand yards Are yeah making all the adjustments there and everything because you just got to go uh you know averages because yeah. obviously you got an extra game for everything
1: yeah but of course i mean how you you can see it uh, it, the receivers benefited from it because, you know, just off the top of my head, I think there was 26 receivers that had thousand yard seasons, but the running backs didn't take advantage of it. I mean, what, there was only seven running backs that had uh, thousand yard seasons. I mean, that's less than last year. And so it's like, uh, you know, here's the running backs. You would think, okay, you got that extra game and all that stuff, and there's going to be more thousand yard runners and there turned out to be less.
0: John the uh, the two oh six wants to know if you if you think there will be a team that overpays for Rashad Penny and they're saying like seven million no, a year. I don't, uh no. he says like the Jags did with Shaq Griffin at fourteen million a year.
1: Well, I mean Shaq Griffin's good, so it's like uh, you know he, he was going to get thirteen or so, even twelve or thirteen here in Seattle probably. So I don't look at that as an overpayment. But no, it's like if you look at the way running backs have gone the last two years. I mean you've got uh you know Melvin Gordon two years ago getting eight million. That was a top in free agency. And then last year, you know, uh Drake going to the Raiders from Arizona got five point five. I don't see any running back and you look at the projections, no running back getting more than six million this year. And most yeah. getting four or five. And there's only like about seven or eight. Well, running backs always get screwed,
2: right? And, that's, that's correct. Well, and you know who didn't help things is, and not his fault, but Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, they, they make a huge, because that was when they were moving on from Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey kind of wanted to make, they wanted to make him the face of their franchise. And what was it, a $16 million a year? $16 million a year, yeah. Yeah, and that that definitely didn't help because all no. he did was get injured.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. And not not face, getting better
2: for running backs.
1: Yeah, face of the franchise, but I guess face of the training room, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> face of the training room. Did, did anything else that uh, – I guess that pretty much encompassed everything Roger talked about. It was the Flores situation, mm-hmm. you know, the as far as race is being traded. The one thing that they keep bringing up, John, that I – and I know I brought this up with you before. I just yeah. don't – I don't know what the league is supposed to do about it is is minority ownership. That – that sort of implies I get it that the, the owners and the teams have control of which coaches they hire, but in terms of the guy that just has the or girl, that just has the most money to pay for mm-hmm. a team how do you, are you supposed to sell to somebody who's a minority who maybe is offering less no just to just to bring in a or have they turned away minority i just don't, i guess i don't know the the history of it but it doesn't feel like it's in their control the way that it, it is with coaches. And,
1: that, and that's just that's a money money thing and all that stuff if the uh you know the ownership is right and they've got the right money then they can get the franchise but again it's like uh, it's gonna. It's hard if you don't have the money to be able to do it because again, it's you know because you, what you're seeing right now and the, the one thing is. Uh, you can look at the uh, the way ownership is in the National Football League, which is different than anything else because it's more family-owned, it's more individually-owned, all those different things. And, you know, that's been the history of this league, and it hasn't changed. I mean, you know, they don't go into corporations or anything of that nature. And so not going into corporations, you know, and if they go into corporations, then you can get a little bit of that, but they're not going to do that. I mean, and you have right now, you know, so many of the long-term owners – who are, uh, you know, giving, you know, they, they've already given their uh, uh, team to their you know, siblings and all those different things or their wives or anything of that nature. And, you know, it's like if you have a chance to get, you know, four plus billion dollars or take 3.2 billion to for the minority, you're going to take the four billion. Yeah,
0: yeah it's just that that's one that's brought up a lot. But yeah. I'm just like, OK, so what's. What's the solution to that?
2: I don't. Yeah, know. there's just That's...
1: not that many billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah, It just comes down to it's like, uh, and you're right. There's not a lot of billionaires, but uh, you know, the billionaires are going to be the ones that are going to do it because, again, whether it's billionaire families or billionaire individuals or all that stuff, they have the edge.
0: Yeah, well, if they'd like uh, Mexican leadership, I can add hundreds of dollars to the pot. So, Oh, that that's helps good. Uh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah, I think that'd get us a little closer, a little yeah. closer. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk again tomorrow.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: All right. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710 Sports com. Yeah, Dave, that's one that I heard. I, it was brought up again today about you know, hey, all these owners. I yeah. think outside of Shad Khan or White, and I guess Byron Allen, who I had no idea did that well financially as part of a group that's in in line to try to buy the Denver Broncos. Byron um, Allen. He's a he did a talk show. I guess is he yeah. te- technically a stand up comedian? I don't know if he's a considered a yeah. comedian or not. But he had a, he had that late night talk show, and I, I, where all that money came from, I'm not sure. But good for him. But apparently he's in the running to to purchase yeah. the Denver Broncos. I just, I don't know how you, that one just seems like it, it is strictly about, well, A, you want it you don't want some con man in there who's running a pyramid scheme that, you know, yeah. you, somebody who checks out in terms of background. They're, yeah. yeah. The quality person. But in the end, isn't it just about, all right, here's, here's the biggest offer we got of the qualified individual, those that we feel like financially are in a position to sustain a franchise in the NFL, here's here's offer a it's the most money i is there something i'm missing when it comes to ownership in the league
2: no I, I don't think so and that's not something that you can you know it's not based on interviewing or anything like that yeah so it's based on how much money i have so but uh if you want to start that bob i'll i'll pitch in like 20 bucks okay and be a, can i be a minority <laughs> owner yeah you know you can I'll be, be the majority.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll be the minority face of the majority uh, with my hundreds of dollars. We'll get Lefko to kick in a few bucks. and I will some jelly beans. Literally, I have beans. You, know, throw you just told me those are dwindling. Oh, you're like, right. I don't have many Dave, beans
1: to throw in, but I got some Dave, beans I, to throw in.
0: I don't know if you know this, but your jar has been depleted in a very big <laughs> way. let not getting oh. that oh. now, like,
2: I knew I could not trust Lefko in there with those. God, I should have brought him home. <laughs> and he probably drank all that booze I bought you behind your computer there, too. So. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> all right. That's what's been going on with Lefko. Yeah,
0: okay. he's been drunk for the past couple of days. All right, coming up, will Paul Seawald play a pivotal role during the M's pursuit of a key free agent? We'll talk about that next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.